0: three chuckleheads two kate cunningham haters one amazing podcast welcome back to triple threat only on blaze radio and now on
1: spotify keith harris how we doing today Ty, I'm doing on a scale of one to ten. I'd say I'm doing about a solid forty-four since it's March. Usually, you know, I, I go to sleep in May. Shout out to John Rothstein. But since it's March, I am wide awake. Yeah,
2: a lot of people know about Rothsteinisms. You should try some of these hicksisms that we have sometimes.
0: <laughs> I mean, oh Ty, Ty,
2: you know, you, you were trying to get a flight to Florida, and Harris was a. Uh, coming with his golly G's and yeah. I'm sure you could fill us in with some Also else. the
0: pity invite, that helped too. It was not a pity <laughs> Just invite. Just an FYI for all those out there. Harris, <laughs> Harris invited Keith to Florida and then said, oh, like, Ty, you, you might be able to come, I think. And then sent me a pity invite once he got the green light. <laughs> Uh, oh
1: my god either
0: way you know Harris it's your favorite week it's champ week Yes. once a year you get this week what's your first reaction to that before we go on to conference player of the year
1: so first off let me say Ty I invited you because I wanted to bond with you I wanted to exchange jokes and laugh together on the beach
0: The pity and, and,
1: <laughs> and just hang out and be boys but anyway I don't get the beach be water
0: boys. let me know
1: I don't get the beach water because of jellyfish so that is something that you're going to deal with Keith wow. is at times I no get a little water? scared of the beach water yeah, my friends call me out on it. But I would, too. <laughs> anyway, I got so lost in my fear of jellyfish, I forgot your second question. So what was your second question?
0: It was just, what, <laughs> how are you feeling? It's champion week. You only get one of these a year.
1: Oh, boy. I specified that I was a 44 out of 10, right? Yeah, That's false. I'm an 88 out of 10. Wow. I'd say I'm very happy. And to discuss Player of the Year's, guys, I have some absolute bangers, dark horse level bangers, bangers. of predictions oh, my goodness. to give to you guys on each Power Six Conference Player of the Year. So I'm excited to get into it.
0: Well, you know, starting off with Conference Player of the Year, obviously it's that time of year where we gotta reassess, see how each team did in conference, and award some players a conference player of the year. So we'll start off with Harris. Harris, the American Conference. I think it's pretty simple. All three of us have the same one, but I'll kick it off with you. Who is your player of the year for the American Conference?
1: The best player on Houston, Fabian White No, just kidding. Quentin Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's putting up 18 points, six rebounds, shooting 39% from three. Uh, He's been efficient, he's good defensively, he's scoring in and out. Yeah, give me Quentin Grimes easily, all day.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it kind of comes down between Grimes and Tyson Etienne, and at the end of the day, Houston's a better team. They're looking at maybe a three-seed or potential two-seed, whereas Tyson Etienne's team in Wichita State might not even make the tournament.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you all. Quentin Grimes is the best player in this conference. 18 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists for the best team it's pretty simple, but I do appreciate the ETN name drop for those who are college football fans now coming back into the college basketball realm. No, Travis ETN didn't transfer to Wichita State and play point guard. It's Tyson ETN, 17 points a game, 2.5 assists per game, 40% from 3. He's a really good player, and if Wichita State does get in on that 11-12 line, he could be a player who could star in a real upset of one of those 5 or 6 seeds.
1: And speaking of ETNs, don't get him confused with... Former French philosopher of the seventeen hundreds, Etienne Bonnet de Condillac. <laughs> so just that
0: to, no, Harris, that genuinely might be the worst joke <laughs> the show has ever seen. Like I know for a fact, people—if anyone is listening—the fact that people are listening and they there's who why <laughs> I want to know about college basketball, not French philosophers. I'll
1: bet you uh, Etienne Bonnet de Condillac has a mad crossover. <laughs> And um, I'm guessing that you
0: pronounced it wrong.
2: Probably.
1: I, pro- <laughs> I probably did, Keith. I probably Which did. Which
2: I'm going to comment on. And also, can we say that basketball wasn't even invented back then? Like, that's crazy to think about. Oh, my God, basketball wasn't even
1: to a thing. Think about. Bill Russell wasn't even Imagine before. what Harris
0: would be doing in March right now. Just living average life.
1: I'd be watching E.T.N. Descon- Day Crap, I forgot the name. Uh, philosophize. Philosophize. I've lost. You my can't track. even talk.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's just move on. This is I've going. I've lost
1: my complete track of thoughts. This is going
2: straight off the rails. This is going like off, straight the off the rails. Let's and move we're on. We're five minutes in.
1: We're gonna move on to the ACC Player of the Year, guys. I've got a pretty nuts prediction, but Keith, I'll let you take it first. Who is your ACC Player of the Year? Carly Jones. No way.
0: Thank you. No. Thank you. Someone gets basketball. <laughs> Thank you. And Harris, I know who. I don't know who you're gonna say. I have a, a kind of a hint of who you're gonna say. I think it's either Carly Jones, which I agree with. He was my player of the year, or Matthew Hurt from Duke. And the only reason I'm not saying it's Matthew Hurt is because Duke is not a good basketball team.
2: Yeah, Ty. Thanks for backing me up. I didn't know that we were gonna agree on that, yeah. which I shouldn't have been too surprised because we tend to agree a lot Usually. on the show. Seventeen points per game, five rebounds, four and a half assists. He's a transfer from Radford and. Without him, I don't think Louisville would be in the tournament. Yeah, I don't right even now. think it's close. <laughs> you know, and there's not a definitive best team to pick from. We do know Virginia won the conference title over Florida State yep. because Notre Dame beat Florida State on Saturday. But I think Carly Jones is the most important player in this league and now. The blowout losses to North Carolina and Western Kentucky don't really help his case all that much. But it's really a weak crop this year in the ACC, and his team's in the tournament. Probably. Matthew Hurts isn't, and I just don't know if there's a player good enough on Virginia or Florida State to warrant one of them, so Carly Jones, there's my pick. Yeah.
1: Well, there is a player good enough on Virginia, and he is a brick wall in the paint, 7 foot seven foot tall of nothing but shot blocking and efficient scoring. That is Jay Huff, the only player in the country to shoot over 59% from, from the field. 40% from three, and 80% from the line. He's top 10 of all power five players in college basketball and defensive box plus minus. And to give you guys even more stats, he's sixth in PER at 31.5, and he's top 10 in the country in true shooting percentage. So Jay Huff is not only an efficient scorer offensively, but he's making himself a run for ACC Player of the Year as well. Jay Huff is the best two-way player in the ACC, and I would easily give it to him.
0: Here's my question for you, Harris. Why, if you're going to give it to someone on Virginia, why Jay Huff over Sam Hauser?
1: Think about this. And I told Keith earlier about this. And it's not about team success, in my opinion. Are teams trying to game plan more of trying to stop Sam Hauser or how they can score against Jay Huff? What are they game planning more? Because Jay Huff is the anchor of that defense. Defensive, it all goes yeah through him. But
0: at the same time... I don't know one conference that has looked at defense and said, oh, he's really great at defense. We're going to give him conference player of the year. That's just not how the award works.
1: That's fair. It's not just about defense, though. Like I pointed out the percentages. No, yeah, he's playing phenomenal basketball.
0: He's got 13 points per game, shooting around 60%, 40% from three. Yeah, hyper-efficient percentages. I just think if you're going to go Virginia, Hauser might be a better choice. But either way, we'll see what happens.
1: We'll agree to disagree.
2: So my argument against Hauser on this is you're talking about his defense but this is Virginia's worst defensive team since 2011. And we know they're known for their defense. Now you could say, oh, they'd be worse without him, but I just think when a team is bad at what they're normally good at, and you're gonna pick the best player on that team for that one skill or side of the ball, I just think there's something inconsistent with that, and I don't know that Jay Huff makes them all that better. Also, I... My dad would be mad at me if I didn't mention this, but his nickname for Jay hoff is the dirtiest player in college basketball after he hit Zion on the head <laughs> when Zion wow. was dunking, um, and I believe that was 2018? 20, yeah.
0: 2019. 2018-2019 yeah, season.
2: Yeah. That's what I was trying to say, definitely. Wait, um, <laughs> but dirtiest player in college basketball, so... Carly Jones' character is just clearly better <laughs> than Jay Huff. Yeah. So I would actually we have to argue that the most
1: dirty player in college basketball is Brad Davison, but Yeah, because he chooses to punch people in the place where the sun don't shine. Yeah, you know, that's a good way of putting it. That's a good way yeah. of putting it. But think about this. Jay Huff, a guy who's top five or top ten in the country of all power five players in defense of box plus minus. Okay, that Virginia defense isn't great. What is that defense without him? It might even be bad.
2: True. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: But anyway, we're going to move it on to Big Ten Player of the Year. I don't know if we have similar or different opinions here. I hope we have similar opinions, but Ty, I'll let you take this.
0: So, first of all, it's down to two people and two people only. Agreed. It's Luca Garza or Ayo Dusun, right? Can can we just both, or rather, all agree on that? Good. Yeah. Yes. Here's my thing, and Keith brought this up before the episode, so I'm not going to steal all of his thunder. I'll kind of let him take it. But I'm going to agree with his opinion, because I think one of them can win National Player of the Year, and one of them can win Conference Player of the Year. And before the show started, I looked at one of their numbers, and I realized that their numbers dropped a decent amount in Big Ten play, and one of the players' team was better than the other players' team. For that reason, I'm going to side with Keith yet again and take Io <laughs> as my Big Ten Player of the Year. Wow. I mean, this dude's been phenomenal. He's t- averaging 20.3 points per game, 40% from the three, which I think is phenomenal. I mean, he dropped 31 points in an overtime win against Nebraska, which was just an incredible opportunity for Illinois to drop off. He kind of saved them, and so I'm going to take, take Io. Before the episode, I had Luca, and then I had a quick conversation with Keith. He convinced me otherwise, and... I completely agree. So I'm going to swing it over to Keith so he can kind of take his take. I may have a little bit of recency bias here, but I can't get the image of Io
2: in the Batman mask going yeah. to the rim and finishing with like 40 seconds left to play against Ohio State on Saturday. I mean, that was just awesome to watch. And like we said, 21, 6 and 5. His efficiency is amazing. And he's a closer. We've seen numerous yeah. times where Illinois is on the brink of losing. And he brings them right back. His first game back, he comes up in the clutch against, you know, an Ohio State team that was before a four-game losing streak, but still on the road to make that play. Huge play. And I just think he's been better in conference play, and I think he shows up in the big moments when Luka Garza doesn't. Okay. And I still have Luka Garza as my national player of the year, but Io, for right now, for a lot of reasons Ty stated, and I think he's a better closer, I have Io as my Big Ten player of the year. Harris, I feel like you're going to have a different deck.
1: I most definitely disagree. Uh, per usual. When you talk about Io DeSumo, he's putting up 21 a game. He's putting up 19 in Big Ten play. Luka Garza's putting up 23 a game and then putting up 21 a game in Big Ten play. So I don't see how you can use the big-time drop-off as a point to reference why he deserves Player of the Year. But here's the stat. Since the start of the 2010s, only two players have averaged over 23 points per game on at least a 60% true shooting percentage. Luka Garza and Buddy Heald. The list ends there. Yeah. He leads the entire country in PER. He's top five in scoring and rebounding as well in the Big Ten. And he's third in the Big Ten in blocks. And if you talk about him versus Io DeSumo, he's got a better field goal percentage, 2.3 point PER, and true, true shooting percentage than him. So I would say the stats, to me, well, show obviously. that Luka Garza deserves it. Yeah. Right.
0: I mean, when have you not referenced a stat to your?
1: Right. Page? We're in a strong relationship, Ty. I mean, yeah. How, how many months are we
0: on now? <laughs> T- two years, since, maybe.
1: Actually, realistically, since I was about nine years old, but since Triple Threat started, I would say. So. January.
0: So like, we're on the brink of a ten-year anniversary. Ty, they're going steady right now. <laughs> wow. I was expecting him to say three, four months. No, ten years.
1: Oh yeah, this has been long. i since I was that kid who. Was kind of a dork, got his notebook, and Kindly, just tons kind of numbers in there, you know. Kind of? <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's true. That's true.
2: Yeah, and this just shows. I mean, I am remembering his last game, him coming back in the Batman mask, closing games. It's more of a situational, and you know, in my head. The stats align, too. I mean, they're very similar um, in terms of statistically, but that's my take, and you go back to the stats, and... That's what makes this show great, in my opinion. You know, we have different viewpoints, and Ty just agrees with me because he's been hopping on my bandwagon recently. True. But we're going to go to the Big 12 and see if we can keep up this agreement. And we'll start with you, Harris,
1: since, um, you know, you differed last time. Big 12 Player of the Year, who you got? Jared Butler got robbed. Cade Cunningham got it. Ty, I know you love you some Cade Cunningham, well, but you're right. So. nobody in the Power Six is shooting better from three than Jared Butler, 44%. Nobody in the power six. A near 2-1 assist turnover ratio. And no one talks about what he's doing defensively. His defensive box plus minus is at plus 4.4. 4. Say what you want about his that stat in particular. It's flawed. Oh, well. If you watch the games, you'll realize that he is a very good perimeter defender. He typically guards, well, him and Mitchell switch off and guarding their best guards. And he's also putting up two steals a game. Jared Butler, because of what he does on both ends efficiently, deserved the Big 12 player of the year.
2: Yeah, I agree. He's the best player on the best team, and he's doing on both ends of the court. And that tie bucket against West Virginia, where he drove to the rim fearlessly, avoided the charge, finished it, sent it to overtime, where he ended up fouling out, but Baylor ended up winning the game, a very hotly contested game. It's Jared Butler. It's not really even that close. Um, I actually feel bad for Cade, because if there wasn't a Jared Butler in the conference, far and away he's the conference player of the year. He's the Maybe
1: Davion Mitchell, but yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if there wasn't a team like Baylor, he would be. Fair enough, AD. fair yeah. enough. But it's Jared Butler for me. Ty, are you going to go with Butler, or are you going to go with your boyfriend?
0: Look, every relationship has its ups and downs. Okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, are we, we in that direction? When you, when you look at the stats, like purely stats, because you know I'm a big stats guy, <laughs> as, you, as you all know, right? uh, Kate averages 19.7 points per game, whereas... Jared Butler averages 17.1 points per game. And Cade averages 6.3 rebounds per game. Jared Butler averages 3 rebounds per game. Jared Butler, 5 assists. Cade, 3.5 assists. Jared Butler shoots around 49% from field goal, whereas Cade shoots 46% from field goal. Now, let's put all the numbers out of it. Okay. Keith said it perfectly.
1: That was very informative. Jared yeah.
0: Butler is the best player on the best team in the Big 12, and that's why I have Jared Butler. Good pick. Good because, pick time. Because, look, I really would love to take Cade. I would. but Oh, we know. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's really just unconventional for me to pick that. But when Oklahoma State, and granted, the Big 12 is the best conference in my in my eyes, but when Oklahoma State's ranked fifth in the Big 12, it's a bit hard for me to give it to Cade, whereas Jared Butler, high and away, is the best player on the best team, three games ahead of the second-place team, which is Kansas. So... I'm going to have to give it to Jared Butler.
1: Ty, look at us agreeing here. This I know. would be so much better if we could agree with this on the beach. Could you imagine?
0: Could have been great. Could have been great. Really could have been great. But moving on to the Big East, unfortunately, obviously, Villanova lost Colin Gillespie, most likely out for the season with an injury. So, Harris, I'll start out with you. I'm assuming I know who you're going to pick, but I could be completely wrong. So, who's your Biggies player of the year?
1: Oh, you're completely wrong. I don't know who you thought I had, but it's probably gonna be wrong, because my pick is very away from the narrative. Julian champenny from St. John's is the Big East Player of the Year. He's scoring 20 points per game, and he's doing it efficiently, 38% from three, 48% from two, and 89% from the line. He's top 10 in rebounding. I'm personally not a big fan of using team success in these type of awards, as you can see, because, guys, this isn't a team award. It's a player award, and he performs in big games. Go back and watch the 33-10 game against Creighton, if you don't believe me.
2: He's not even in my top three for biggest <laughs> players. <laughs> I agree. Wow, his team's not that good. They're ten and nine in conference, barely above five hundred, and he's got talent around him. Posh Alexander, Mike Anderson's a good coach, and yeah, he's a good player,
1: but he's he's not up there. Posh James Alexander's a top five name in college basketball. Let me just say that. Agreed. Yes.
2: James Booknight.
1: I don't know how you can give it to anyone else. Yes, he was
2: hurt for part of conference play, but he is so clearly the best player in that conference. 20 points a game, 5.5 rebounds, 1.3 steals a game, gets it done on both ends. He puts up highlights, he's athletic, he's dynamic.
0: James Booknight is the best player, and I don't think it's a debate. Well, here's my only issue with Booknight, is he's only played 12 games. Yeah. That was. That is my only issue. If he would have played 28 games with these numbers and led UConn to most likely a higher seed... Yeah. Oh, my God, I think it's James Booknight far and away. Even more clearly. Right, but just, yeah. that's the only issue. If it's not 12 points per game, I definitely would have given... Or rather, if he didn't play 12 games, I definitely would have given it to him. I'm kind of on the brink right now because half of me wants to give it to Colin Gillespie. Because he's leading Villanova. Over JRE? Because he's leading... I think he's kind of the anchor of Villanova, okay. but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to look over to a team that has been playing... Pretty under par, I'd say. They're thirteen and twelve overall. It's Seton Hall, and Keith, Do it. I'm gonna need Do some it. pronunciation <laughs> help. I gotta give it to Sandro <laughs> Mamukalashivili. Yep. good, good enough. enough, close enough. He's averaging seventeen point eight points per game, seven point three rebounds per game, three assists. He's shooting forty five percent from the field. He's playing phenomenal basketball. He knows what he's doing. He's leading yeah, the he Seton does. Hall Pirates to potentially. We'll see where they're seated, but an NCAA tournament berth? Uh, I don't know about that. This team is nothing without him, too. Zero. I mean, they're zero.
2: Like, Harris, who do you think their second-best players? Jared Roden? Miles Kale?
1: Like. Yeah, they're terrible without him, but Keith, on your Booknight pick, James Booknight has played 12 games. Right. Yes, we and Julian Champagne's played 24, 26. Julian Champagny is shooting better from two, from three, and from the foul line, he's getting more rebounds, averaging like .3 less points per game on more efficiency. His true shooting percentage is higher. How could you not take Julian Champigny over James Booknight? And Booknight's only played 12 games. Sure, they've been a really good 12 games, but eventually, the totals have to add up here.
2: You look at what happened in non-conference, too. I mean, this team beat USC on a neutral with Booknight. I, I don't think it's really a question for me. Best player in that conference, and it's really a weak crop. I wanted to take Sandro so bad, but his team just isn't good enough, and I'd have faulted with Booknight. For reference, Jeremiah Robinson Earl would have been my three in this ballot, and maybe Champagny four. Probably would have put him there. But
1: That's insulting.
2: Yeah, for me it's just kind <laughs> of empty stats for a not very good team. He
1: has talent around him. That's like, I just don't know if he translates directly into winning. Well, okay, we'll have to see about that. We're going to move on to the Pac-12 player of the year. And Ty, I'll let you take this one first.
0: Well, I'm a big fan of stars, as you all know. So I'm going with most likely the number two overall pick in the NBA draft in Evan Mobley. He's averaging 16.1 points per game, averaging about nine rebounds per game, shooting 60% from the field. USC... And, Harris, I mean, I'll bring this up. Isn't USC a three-seed in your most recent bracketology?
1: Yes, they are a three-seed. Which I think is wrong.
0: But either way, I'm going to use you as a reference point just for <laughs> oh, bias. Gosh. They're a three-seed right now. They're looking really well. And I think Evan Mobley is the best player on USC, so I'm
2: going to give it to Mobley. Yeah, Ty, when you say you like stars, I mean, I'm just thinking of lights flashing by Kanye going on. In my head. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> oh you're my a big fan of that song. That's huge. <laughs> shout out to kanye west the goat of all rappers ever but that's a whole nother discussion this college basketball show um so yeah it's evan mobley for me too i'm not the biggest fan of his nba prospects but still 16 points a game eight and a half rebounds and three blocks per game or almost three blocks a game right best stats for a top three team in the league best stats in the league just about shout out to chris duarte really quickly too almost 18 points a game two steals a game, five rebounds. He's really good for Oregon as they've had a little resurgence in the second half conference play, but yeah, it's Evan Mobley.
1: Oscar De Silva is putting up 19-7, 58% field goal percentage, 79 from the line. Stanford, without him, would be maybe worst team in the Pac-12 outside of maybe Washington, I would say. They'd be down there,
2: especially without Bryce Wills and... Zaire Williams. And, and, and Dejan Davis,
1: who, of course, can't dribble a basketball.
2: Yeah, he just bounces off his leg every time. <laughs> his foot, his leg, he probably loses out of bounds. Yes. Guy just doesn't have Not hands. Not Keith
1: Valentine, for sure. No. <laughs>
2: Why are we still talking about Valentines? It's March.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We're all still single, and I guess we're just bummed about it. So him.
2: is your pick Oscar de Silva? <laughs> uh,
1: yes, my pick is Oscar de Silva.
2: Yeah. I liked his chances, but they
0: just slid out of the tournament picture so quickly. That's, that's what I was saying. I don't think they're going to make the tournament, so I don't think he can be player of the year.
1: Team success, as you can see, is a little irrelevant to me, which you're going to find out on my next SEC player oh, of the year pick.
0: Sarily. You know, Harris, why don't you just kick it off? Who's your SEC player of the year?
1: <laughs> I actually want to save mine for last because uh, I want you two to go first because I've got a crazy pick to save. But, Keith. You go first, SEC Player of the Year. I'm sorry. I'm kicking it off to you. All right. I feel like I've been
2: talking a lot recently, but I'll just keep going, <laughs> I guess. Herb Jones, best player on the best team. He is the definition of versatility. Him and Justin Smith just stuff the stat sheet ever so nicely. 11 points a game, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.7 steals, 1 block a game. He's first in rebounds, assists, and steals on Alabama. He does the dirty work. Alabama is by far the best team in the SEC this season throughout conference play so for me it's Herb Jones
0: I don't have a problem with that pick
2: my pick's different because it's
0: right well my pick's different (laughs) I think think this is the of course you say that Keith this is maybe the second time we're disagreeing obviously other than the Big East player of the year which we semi-agreed on I just thought 12 games was enough either way I'm going with Cameron Thomas. I think if you asked me this question three weeks ago, I would have completely said no. The fact that LSU has put themselves back, not only in the tournament picture, but in the SEC picture, they're the three seed right now in the SEC, he's averaging 23 points per game, four rebounds a game, shooting right above 40%. I'm giving it to Cam Thomas. And granted, by the way, I know he was a five star, but throughout the season, no one expected him to explode like this.
1: I mean, the volume is there, but he is shooting 41% and 30 from three. So that is questionable. But my guy is please, efficient.
0: Please, please, He's got
1: a lot of volume. Please. Only two players in oh. all of the Power Six are top two in their conferences in points per game and assists per game. Can you guys guess these two players? John Fulkerson? <laughs> Close enough. I may give that to you, but not quite.
0: I don't want to guess. Just tell me who it
1: is. Okay. Ayo <laughs> Desumu. Yep. And, please. Scotty Pippen- Jr. No. Harris. <laughs> no. Harris. I no. think that Scottie Harris. Pippen Jr. is the best player in the SEC. That's if you put him on Arkansas take. or if you put him on Alabama, I want to ask you, do you think he would be the best player on those teams? I think he would. No. No. He's putting up 21-5 this Harris, season. Arkansas is under four turnovers, 39% from three, 49 from two, 82% from the foul line. And yes... Bandy sucks. Okay, I'll give that yeah, to they're you. They're the worst no team duh. in the SEC. They're terrible. They're 12 but games behind Alabama. this isn't a team award. They're bad. It's a player award. They got swept by it's Kentucky. It's saying, who is the best player in the SEC? And that is Scottie Pippen Jr.
2: If he was really the best player, I think his team would be better than 3-13. and 13. Thank you. Like, Herb Jones on that team would do more than Scottie Pippen Jr. does. Just purely off of his... And Cameron Thomas, too. Both those guys, they would do it different ways, but they would lead that team to more wins than that. I know the stats are good, but we've seen guys put up empty stats for bad teams. I mean, someone has to take those shots, and yes, I know he's doing it efficiently, and he's a very good player. If you want to make a case that he's a top five player in the SEC, definitely top ten. I think he's the best. I'm listening to it, but he's not the best. And you can't give him this award. You can't give a player from the worst team in the league. I
1: don't know if that's ever happened. I mean, I think it should happen, because it's rare when the worst team, worst player in the league plays for the worst—the best player in the league plays for the worst team, but I think this is the case, because he gets no help at Vanderbilt. Not—you could say Jared Stackhouse isn't a great coach. He's only got one other score who averages double digits on the rest of his team, and if you want to see how he performs in big games, against Florida, he had 32 points. Against Alabama, he had 24 points. He performs in big games.
0: And which one of those games did he win? Right. And one, thing, point. one thing Good I point. will say, Harris, is before we move on to the next topic is the best player in the league would not lead his team to the worst record in the league. That's all I'm going to say. Because if he was truly the best player in the league, he would find a way to not only get his team to win, but at least put his team in contention for maybe the NCAA tournament. And yeah. He's not even in contention for the SEC tournament.
1: I don't think anyone in the SEC could drag as bad of a team that Vanderbilt has to contention.
0: Oh, they would have been way closer than. I think that if you been,
1: say Grant Williams or Admiral Schofield, sure, but there is no Grant Williams or Admiral Schofield in the SEC. Two Tennessee
0: players, shocker.
2: Okay, <laughs> Harris, you're basically like a music hipster that's like, oh, my favorite album was this little not well known folk album from the nineteen eighties. Like, you just pull these out of nowhere yeah. <laughs> and just present them like they're gospel, and you try to make this case, and we're just sitting here like. I guess. I mean, we've seen them play probably one game this year. I mean, because they're never on TV. Because the team's just not that good. They're this... on SEC Network sometimes. But basically, you're the music hipster of college
1: basketball. <laughs> and I'm staying with that. I think Shane would disagree. <laughs> he hates my music taste. I did think of Shane when you were bringing <laughs> up these uh, Shout these out to players. Shane, Brennan, Chua Joel.
2: So, we're going to move on now to an auto-bid review. We had some teams that got some auto-bids over the weekend and then Monday. So, we're going to kind of fly through these and Kind of, What seed line do you think they're going to be on? And do they have a, the potential to win one, maybe two games? And just kind of do some quick discussions about these teams before we get on to the Champ League preview. So,
0: Ty, we'll start with you and Liberty. Liberty, I think, is a pretty solid team. If I was a 5 seed, I definitely wouldn't want to play Liberty. I think that would be a trap game. I think they're going to be a 13 seed. And even if I was a 4 seed, I still wouldn't want to play Liberty coming out of the Atlantic Sun Conference. I think that this is a team that can give you some speed and pace to the game. And if I was a team, per se, like maybe Kansas, I really wouldn't want to play them, especially because Kansas is a pretty streaky team. Either way, I got them as a 13 seed.
1: So Bracket Matrix has them at about a 13. I agree. I also have them at a 13. They're 19 and Mm 5. And Darius McGee, one of the best Mighty Mites in college basketball. Shout out to him. Beating teams by 11 points per game. Their strength of schedule has been strong, but... Uh, A good win against Mississippi State by 11 earlier in the season. They've shown that they can beat Power 6 competition by that win. And a team that's been playing well lately. Yeah, I have Liberty as a 13 seed.
2: Yeah, they're better than Vanderbilt because they have wins over Mississippi State and South Carolina. So (laughs) they're over halfway to as many SEC wins as them. And they've only played three games against SEC competition, so I do... I want to point that out, but yeah, they're a 13 seed, and we saw when they beat Mississippi State, Richie McKay's squad can win some games. They play a similar style to Virginia, and they can be tough. So yeah, I could see them beating a four seed.
1: If they go up against say Purdue or Virginia or Colorado, I could see them taking an yeah, upset there, agreed for sure. But the next team we're going to review is Winthrop. I believe they've only lost one game this season. They have 23-1. Coming off a massive performance in the Big South where they won the championship by 20-plus. Guys... Where do you have Winthrop seeded, and how far do you think they can go in the tournament?
0: Well, first of all, the Big South tournament for them was a joke. I mean, they beat High Point by 30 points, and then they beat Longwood by 20, and then to find off, they go into the championship playing Campbell, and they beat them by almost 30, 27 points. They wiped through the Big South. I think they're a 12 seed, and this is a team that, unless they play, like for say Oklahoma State or a 5 seed that I love, Winthrop to the second round, without a doubt.
1: Yeah, they've beaten teams by 13 points per game so far this year. The 27-point win against Campbell is very good. I also have them as a 12-seed tie.
2: Yeah, I think they may end up on the 13 line just because of strength of schedule, but I have them as a 12. And Chandler Vaudrin is one of the most interesting and exciting players in college basketball. He's leading his team in, I believe, points, rebounds, and assists. He's like a six-seven point guard. That is correct. And if their defense just picks up and their offense is humming i think they could go to the sweet 16 i mean they remind me a lot of that buffalo team that beat arizona and i believe 2018 or 2017 that was 2018 2018 yeah so i like this team a lot and i could see them going pretty far But we're going to move on now moorhead state got the upset over belmont just destroyed them in the ovc championship game and harris where do you see them at
1: well, I didn't expect them to beat Belmont, but as you mentioned, with an injured Nick Musinski, it was very possible, and Keith, you hit it right. But with uh, Johnny Broom, Devon Cooper, it's a very good team, I would say. Has a lot of guards, and Johnny Broome down low. They can score in and out. I think they're hovering about a 14 seed. They're a pretty dangerous 14 seed, but I have them matched up so far in my bracket against Villanova. That is a potential upset. I'd ha- I have yeah. Nova taking that, but due to the loss of Colin Gillespie and the way Moorhead State's been playing lately, Morehead State could win that game.
0: Yeah, Moorhead State's been playing with fire. I agree with Harris. I think they're a 14 seed. In my bracketology, that isn't mine. It's Joe Lenardi's, but in my <laughs> bracketology, uh, Lenardi has them going up against Arkansas. I think Arkansas would blow them out of the water. But either way, Moorhead State's playing with fire right now. Yeah, they have really good defense, and their
2: offense heated up because they scored 45 points against kentucky and 44 points against ohio state earlier in the year that was before Jenai broom was permanently in the lineup and they've been a different team ever since he's a freshman he's playing great and they have really good defense and i think they could be a really tough matchup for a team like ohio state that has trouble defending a big man like broom or kansas or maybe some other teams that are in that three range
1: next team Loyola Chicago, after winning the Missouri Valley against Drake in the championship, to me, I think Loyola can make it as far as the Final Four again. I love this team. The point, they're beating teams by fourteen points per game. Sorry to constantly go back to the point differential, but they've lost only four games. You love to do it. I do. do I do. I'll be honest. I do. They have the star power with Cam Crutwig, who has been. Dominating this year, 15-7 and 3. He is leading that team in points, rebounds, and assists. Lucas Williamson, Braden Norris. It's a loaded team that I think can go as far as as far as it can.
2: Yeah, I think oil is really good. I can see them anywhere from a six seed to a ten seed because mm-hmm. the metrics are out of this world. They're amazing. They're ninth the kim right now. But they're not as good in terms of actual resume, who they've beaten, so more of an RPI yeah. type style of looking at things. And just for some context, that 2018 team finished 31st at Ken This team is ninth. So if people are going, oh, lightning in a bottle, they can't make the Final Four. Yeah, they can. And they have a decent shot at it. I'd say it's not likely, but Harris mentioned all the players. They're such a good team. 36% from three, and then a the top five defense. That's a great recipe, come March. Porter Moser's a great coach, and I just really believe in this Loyola team.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think as of right now, they're an eight seed. Joe Lenardi also has them as an eight seed. And guys, I feel bad for Loyola Chicago for at least this region that they're in. They go up against UConn in the first round, which is a tough matchup already, especially with yes. Book Knight. And then they would play Gonzaga in the second round.
1: Yeah, that's tough.
0: That's just a really tough schedule if I'm Loyola Chicago. If they're not in that hell chamber of a bracket, I could definitely see them making a run.
1: So I have Loyola as a sixth seed. Wow. I, okay. My stat. That's fair. My stat. Mike's a Love the metrics. The CBGI yeah. as I created is Keith is mimicking me right now because it's a as terrible name. That's <laughs> an should. awful name. I should probably come up. with
2: College that. basketball grade index. Grade and index
0: are the same thing.
1: Loyola is twenty first in my stat, right behind Tennessee, right ahead of BYU. Oh,
0: that's right. This wait, wait, wait. At what hour do does the committee use this stat? <laughs>
1: That's a great point. I think they should every hour, really? but they I know you do not. I
0: think they
2: should.
1: They do not. I, I have Loyola <laughs> slotted in as a 6 right now, and I think about Porter Mosier, as you mentioned, Keith, I think he can win Coach of the Year, and I, I think he deserves to win Coach of the Year. And I think Loyola, I have them matched up against Maryland, the 11, Kansas, the 3, and Iowa, the 2 seed in their bracket. I think they can beat all those teams. That's a very winnable game. Yeah, can, yeah I think they can yeah. beat all those teams. I had them losing in the Elite 8 to Baylor if the bracket if the tournament started now.
2: All right, now moving on to the SOCON. UNC Greensboro won their conference championship Monday night over Mercer, and they were the one seed and got the job done. Harris, where do you see this team at come tournament time?
1: Right now I have UNC Greensboro slotted at about a 14 seed, and after the championship game, I think they can ride some momentum and end up beating a three. I have them matched up in my bracket. Yes, that I myself tie decided to make
2: wow that's like the 80th plug for it this episode Um, yeah uh
1: maybe you should put it on your website so the people can go (laughs) to listenupwithhair6.com and see it listenupwithhair6.com is a very extensive and pure bracketology measured with metrics some eye tests some stats and different there's no eye
0: test there, there will zero. be. There's zero. There's zero. There's
1: zero will be, test. yeah, because he hasn't watched any games this year. There's zero.
2: <laughs> Harris, That is so I fast. don't know if the people know this, but Harris doesn't watch college basketball. He just <laughs> Harris, quick question, first. right? Before I
0: ask you anything, who's the best player on UNC Greensboro? Off the top of your head.
2: I have no idea. No! <laughs> How are you respecting... Oh, 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 Miller, Miller, Miller. You don't even know his first name. Stop it. Nin- he's the, he's the SoCon player of the year. 19 points a game, almost 7 rebounds a game. Shooting 47%. 2.7 steals per game. Isaiah Miller. He, Isaiah Miller! Isaiah, I did
1: know... Okay, I did know who Isaiah that Isaiah Miller will
2: be he's the a best guard. guard in the game, yes. no matter who he goes up against, well, come March Madness. I, unless it's like Jalen Suggs, Jerry Beller, but they're not going to be a 16 seed. They're playing a three or four I like did I blank out
1: there. I did know who he was. He is
2: so Unless good. Unless they play at, Oklahoma that's State. that's all I'm saying. I yeah. want
1: to clarify. I agree with you.
2: Yeah. That's all That's all I'm saying. I love Isaiah Miller, and I will pick this team to win.
1: Ty, you kind okay. of exposed me there. Wow. Yeah,
2: just a little bit. Just <laughs> and No disrespect. But. So please go There's back
1: no to your...
0: Um, lacking analysis of UNC Greensboro or are you finished
1: by lacking I mean I was finished by lacking analysis Um, right
0: now I think they're a really good team I think (laughs) Isaiah Miller can really lift this team to new heights and I have them as a 13 seed they could potentially beat a 4 seed the 4 seeds aren't really looking too strong this year so I have them slotted out of 13, and I'll swing it over to Keith.
2: Yeah, free throw shooting is their issue. They only shot 50% yeah. against Mercer from the line, almost won by double digits. So if they were right. actually shooting well from the free throw line, imagine what that would have mm, been. So sure. that's one thing to look out for, but I love this team. And then moving on to the Sun Belt, Appalachian State beat Georgia State. They're probably going to be a 16 seed. Do we need to talk that
0: much about Yeah, State? I think it was a 15, I don't know think anything of it it was a a solid win from app state by the way over georgia state but i think they'll be a 15 or man again they easily could be a 16 they're a solid team i don't see them upsetting anybody
1: yeah they have four guys who score at least 11 points per game which is solid they have balanced scoring with guys like adrian Delp and Justin forrest but however there's not much firepower on this team so i see them being as a 15 or 16 that gets bounced in the first
2: round yeah they don't really have much upset potential And the eye test is just totally lacking. They're small. They're not very athletic. Yeah. We'll move on. So we're going to move on to our champ week preview now. is what Harris has been waiting for since, really, we started this show. Um, He loves the conference tournaments. Me and Ty do, too. We all do. I think every college basketball fan does. So we'll just kick it off. The A-10 championship game is slated for Selection Sunday. St. Bonaventure against VCU. We'll start with Harris because he is just biting at the bit here. Get into this or chopping at the bit, whichever one you want to go with, Harris. we well, so are we back
0: to the chicken bone reference? No, that's actually a horse racing reference. Oh, we're back I to the like... beating a dead horse reference. <laughs> Got
2: it. Shouts to Secretary. Shout shouts out. Shouts to Harris is alive. Dead horses. horse. Yeah.
1: Breaking news: I FaceTime my mom. My horse is still alive. Just needed to get True. proof there. That's huge, Harris. Yes, huge just wanted news. to I feel by. so relieved. <laughs> well, Saint Bonaventure says a heavy assassin of. Juniors on display for the roster. Kyle Lofton, shout out to Kyle and Lofton, our roommates. Kyle Lofton, potentially the A10 player of the year, along with Jaron Holmes. It's a great team. It's a loaded team. They score inside and out, and they've been red hot lately. They've lost only one out of their last five. I would take St. Bonaventure winning this over VCU.
0: I'm going to have to disagree with you yet again. Harris. Oh my god. We really can't find I feel a like you're just
1: day. nitpicking reasons to disagree with me. No, Pita. I'm not.
0: And the reason I'm going to pick this is because I personally think that VCU has the best player on the floor. Okay. I think that Nashan Highland. Yeah, Nashan Highland. I think Nashawn Highland's the best player on the floor. He's averaging about 20 points per game, 19.4 if you want to be exact. I would he agree. 86% for the free throw line, which, as you both know, that's my favorite stat when you're going into the tournament, and especially big games. I think it's gonna come down to the wire, and I think VCU is gonna hit some free throws. I'm taking VCU in this one, and they'll get an automatic bid into the tournament.
2: Yeah, I agree that Bones Highland is the best player on the court. I mean, he had, I think, 32 in their semifinal game. He has been going ballistic. But I think St. Bonaventure gets it. They won against VCU by 16 on their home court, mm-hmm. and they had a close loss at VCU, yeah, lost, lost by three. By three. Mm-hmm. I think St. Bonaventure's on a roll, and if the bracket sets up well for them, I could see them getting to the Sweet 16. That's how much I like this team. Uh, Osinuyi, Osin I think is how you say it. He's a great big man inside, better than Levi Stockard from VCU. So yeah. give me the
1: Bonnies. Now we're going to move on to the American Conference Tournament. Wow. So I'm going to start out with this. Houston needed a half-court shot at home to beat Memphis, right? Yep. yep, Memphis has been playing extremely well lately. They've won outside of the loss of Houston. Before they played Houston, they won six straight games. I think Memphis wins this tournament. I think they mess around. They win a couple games. And the talent that they have shines through because let's face it, they have the most talented roster in the American. They do. I think they think they're more
0: talented than Houston.
1: Landers Nolly, Boogie Ellis, DJ Jeffrey, Short Short Lester. I think they have
0: more talent than Houston, but I think Houston gels more and they know how to play with each other more.
1: And they've been I see that. They've been an entirely different team since they put DeAndre Williams in the lineup. Agree. Yeah, no, that's a fact. Yeah. I think Memphis wins this tournament.
2: I'm gonna agree with you. Memphis is second and defensive efficiency on Ken Palm, and you mentioned the names. And Penny Hardaway, Ty, we know you don't think he's a very good coach. But I think they get in. Now, they play Memphis in the semifinal, and then in the final they're probably going to play Wichita State, Tulsa, a team like that. Who they
1: beat by 20 in the year, Wichita State.
2: Exactly. So I think that they upset Houston in that second round and then get all the way to or their second game, and get all the way to the championship game and get the auto-bid into the tournament.
0: Ty, who are you going with? Uh, I think it's going to be the winner of the 2-3 game. Houston's a 2-seed in the American right now. Memphis is a 3-seed. I completely agree with both of you. Harris, I think that was a good point. I think Memphis has the most talent in the American, but I also think Houston gels the most, and they know how to run the offense through Quentin Grimes. So I think it's going to be the winner of that game. It's going to be a close game, obviously. Memphis is going to have to play with a bit of a chip on their shoulder because of that half-court shot that Houston hit. On March 7th, and their win by three. Uh, I'll take Houston just to differ with both of you guys. But moving on to sort of a bigger conference, we got the ACC intact. And, you know, as we said, Florida State was one win away from being the one seed. Now they're not. Virginia's favored. Harris will kick it off with you. Who's your champ?
1: So only two Power Six teams have won all six of their last six games. Okay. One team is Arkansas, the second team is Georgia Tech.
0: Oh, no. I Please. think Georgia Tech wins this ACC wow, that's tournament. So you bad. knew he was going there. That's just so you bad. I love there.
1: this Georgia Tech team. But that's so bad. If they you, barely
0: beat Duke.
1: Okay, if you take their losses out against Mercer and Georgia State, which they didn't practice, I think they're about a seven or eight seed.
2: Yeah.
1: Resume wise.
2: Harris, I agree with you to an extent. I think Georgia Tech beats Virginia in the semifinal. They've been so close to doing it twice, you can argue that they. Should have won one of the games at Virginia. And then we're really close in the one at home. I think this seems really good. You're talking about Jose Alvarado, who is one of the swaggiest players in college basketball. He rocks the I would Braves. consider him
1: a mighty might.
2: He is a mighty might. And also yes. you have Michael DeVoe, Moses Wright up front. And my boy Matt Walter goes there. So he's been putting me on some Georgia Tech basketball this year. But I think they lose in... The conference championship game, 2-4 to State. They've succeeded against the top ACC competition this year falling. But they did fall to teams like Clemson, Notre Dame. So they get tripped up against the not-so-good teams. But some good news for them is that they play either Louisville or probably Duke yeah. in that round. So I think they're going to be ready to play. And they're going to get to the semifinal, take out Georgia, uh, Virginia Tech, and then beat Georgia Tech in the final. So that's my pick.
0: You stole my thunder. Literally stole my I mean, everything you said was just perfect. Oh, thank you, Ty. I mean, the only thing that I'd kind of comment on that is MJ Walker knows how to lead this team. When you have Scotty Barnes and MJ Walker as your starting backcourt, there's not a lot you can do wrong. Keith and I had Florida State as one of our teams that we think could potentially win the national championship. I think that stays true. I think they win the ACC and potentially move up the seed line to maybe even a 4 or 3 seed.
1: Okay, so now... We're going to talk about the best conference in college basketball. The Big 12? The Big 10. Oh, the Big 10 wow. so we're
0: not talking. So we're not about talking about the Big Oh,
1: conference. so we are talking about the best conference in
0: college no, basketball. No, <laughs> We're not having this argument right now. Just go ahead. Yeah, guys. okay,
1: okay. So the Big 10 tournament, I'm going to say Michigan wins this. I'm not going to try to be bold with it, try to be too cute with it wow, or anything. Wow, that's like the first time ever, right? I, <laughs> I do have Michigan winning this tournament.
0: I agree with you. And the reason I agree with you is because I'm, I don't trust Iowa at all, and I think once Mil- once Michigan plays Illinois again, which I believe will be in the championship game, I think Michigan's going to say, look, we lost by, what, 17 points or 23. So. Oh, I like 23 points. And that was without Iowa, correct? Correct. So I think Michigan's going to play with a chip on their shoulder in that game. Their only kryptonite potentially would be playing Michigan State in the first round. Then they'd go along to play either Ohio State or Purdue. And then, obviously, either Illinois or Iowa. I'm taking Michigan as well. I think they have the best roster, and I think they are going to need to win the most. Okay, so I have some bold predictions for this tournament. I think it's going to go off the rails. Okay. Wow. Well, I think Northwestern's going
2: to beat Ohio State Okay, in Ohio State's opening game. That's fair. So wow. then they'd, they'd play Purdue. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Northwestern's been playing really well as of late, which, you know, they had that Bad streak, but they've won three straight at Minnesota against Maryland against Nebraska. Ohio State's lost four in a row. I just see two teams go in different directions, so they win that. Okay. Purdue be- beats Michigan in the conference semifinals. Wow. Purdue okay. has been playing so well recently. Yeah, they've playing phenomenal. haven't played basketball. one of those big dogs to be able to prove it. And right. Michigan, after that game against Michigan State, I have even less confidence in them. And Purdue and Michigan State are... Pretty similar teams in terms of construction, play style. They both have a really good coach. But Purdue loses in the conference final to Illinois. Now, I'm a little nervous to take Illinois because I feel like, you know, this run they're on is going to run out eventually. Yeah, they're kind of riding some hot And they are going to take a loss. But Big Ten Player of the Year, Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn. I think those guys, even if it is Michigan, I think they beat them again. You don't get whooped on your home floor without the other team's best player like that and then come back in a hostile environment, with fans at the Big Ten tournament, and eke out that win. I think it's Illinois. I think they're the best team in the Big Ten, and they get some real momentum going into March Madness.
1: So I do want to ask you guys this question. Okay. Right now, the Big Ten has nine teams in the tournament. Do you think that changes? Projected. Projected? Allegedly. Allegedly. Do you think that changes?
0: I don't think so. I think nine's a pretty solid number. I don't think a team that we could potentially see move in really impresses us in the tournament or in the Big 10 tournament. Uh, I think teams that could potentially jump in are Indiana and I think unless they beat Illinois there's not really a way for them to get in. That's see, what I'm looking at. And I don't see them that, that happening. Uh, and then after that I don't see a team like Penn State or North I mean I don't even think you can push for Northwestern because they had a pretty rough They're start. They're 8 and 14. Yeah, they had a really They're rough not start. Get and Once then the only the other team that you could potentially argue other than Indiana would be Penn State. And then they have to play Wisconsin, who I'm pretty high on Wisconsin. And then they'd have to play Iowa. And then potentially Illinois. I just think they're past.
1: So, I have a prediction.
0: Okay. Give Listen it to me. us.
1: I think Penn State beats Wisconsin. I'm not saying that Penn State gets in the tournament. I think they beat Wisconsin, who's the sixth seed. I think Wisconsin, is hovering around the sixth seed line... Falls to mm, about a seven. I think there's a chance Indiana, despite how bad they've been playing lately and losing what five, four straight, they've lost four straight against good teams. I think there's a chance they can beat Rutgers. Michigan State is the nine seed. Don't be shocked if they mess around and beat Michigan. I don't think they will.
2: I would take. I wouldn't be shocked. I would I wouldn't take put them past them, Purdue
1: but. over Ohio State in the quarters because I don't think yeah, anyone on that okay. Ohio State team can guard Travion Williams Agreed. at all. Mm-hmm. Purdue's a great matchup. They've for already them.
0: beat Ohio State twice. Yes, that but is true. It also is hard to beat a team three times. In it game. is. It is
1: hard. It is hard. It's hard to beat a team two times in the regular let season, alone too. Three if Purdue times. did that. Yeah, yeah I'll let it three times. That's a good point. I just think, based on the matchup, I still have Michigan winning this tournament, but those are my predictions.
2: All right, so moving on now, we're going to kick it to the actual best conference in college this is basketball. the best conference? The Big 12. And, Ty, since you agree with me, we'll start off with you. Harris is making a, an upset, howdy <laughs> face right now. Um, because Harris is the toddler of the show. No, nah, Greg Brown's
1: it. the toddler of the show. Oh, Let's Greg Brown is really a toddler. Here.
2: You want him to do one thing, he doesn't. You know, <laughs> you, you want him to be potty trained and actually be able to go to the bathroom on his own? No, he's just going to do a between the legs <laughs> dunk with five minutes left in the game and miss it when that's you need this win. And yeah, we were up double digits, but that's a whole nother story. Ty, we're going to start off with you. Since you are, aren't one of these conspiracy theorists thinking it's the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, I think, again, I'm a a huge fan of this team. As of right now, unless they have an insanely hard bracket, this is my national championship pick. I'm taking Baylor in this one. They're the best team and the best conference. And I think if they get past West Virginia in the second round, I'm assuming West Virginia is going to beat Oklahoma State, and then Baylor obviously is going to have to beat the winner of TCU and Kansas State. But I think if Baylor gets past those games, I think that Texas and Kansas, or even Texas Tech for that matter, aren't going to be enough, and I'm taking Baylor.
1: I think Baylor should be scared of Oklahoma State. By the way, they've been playing lately. I would still take Baylor to win that game. I think Baylor wins outright. Again, like the Michigan situation, I'm not going to get too cute with it. I think Texas Tech beats Texas in the first round. I'm sorry, Keith. I have Texas Tech and, and Oklahoma State winning in the first round. I think Baylor meets Kansas in the Big 12 championship game. And Baylor gets the revenge and wins.
2: I agree with Harris for once. Baylor is going to beat Kansas In the championship game, but I was telling y'all about this before the show. This Baylor team reminds me so much of 2018 Villanova at this point. If you remember, Villanova was an amazing offensive team, probably had the best backcourt in the country, and they were still a good defensive team, just like Baylor. And people started to lose hope in them when Phil Booth got hurt, they had some other injuries and weren't playing up to par for a little bit. Baylor came off the COVID pause, lost that game to Kansas, and they were always second fiddle that year to Virginia, just as Baylor is normally second fiddle to Gonzaga. And if you look at it, Villanova rolled through their conference tournament, winning games by 24 19 against two top 55 Kimpom teams. And then Providence took them to overtime in the championship game. So if Baylor just kind of rolls through this tourney, I'll believe that take even more and probably pick Baylor to win the national championship just like I did for Villanova that year. Do you, do you guys agree with that take? That was kind of yeah, I completely the point I want to make with I that. Think, yeah.
0: And obviously different circumstances, COVID, yes, injury. But either I way, I completely agree with you. Uh, and Baylor has been my pick for a majority of the year. Uh, I think they're one of the most complete teams. As I said, as you know, Twitter clipped me on, they're my God squad every <laughs> year. So yes. I definitely unless they are in a completely hard bracket with... I don't know, a hard two seed and then a three seed and a very tricky 8-9 game, I'll probably take them, not only go to the Final Four, but to win the whole thing.
1: And Keith, earlier in the episode, you were comparing their personnel. You compared Jared Butler to Jalen Brunson, Macy o. T. to Josh Hart. You compared Adam Flagler to Phil Booth. Yep. Their personnel is similar. In terms of the very, guards and the wings, very similar. outside of, I'd say... Villanova Vinges. didn't have that Mark Vital right. everyday John Rim protector that Baylor that Baylor's has. Even better. But Baylor didn't yeah, have but Baylor his...
2: also doesn't have Pascal and Spellman. Yeah,
1: Spellman yeah. perimeter big man who can Spelman, score.
0: Spellman so overrated, but oh wow, full hmm. topic. I <laughs> yeah.
1: I, disagree, I disagree with you there. I think he's a pretty he solid. He hasn't done end. much in the league, Nothing, but we don't like talking about pretty
2: solid sharp shooting big man. That three letter league that we don't <laughs> like to watch, except
0: for Ty because he's on the I, I like heating up podcast. I am <laughs> Sam Stern, quarter today actually. A double. Wow. But moving on to the power, or rather the sixth conference, call it what you want. It's going to be the Big East tournament. And the one seed in this one as Villanova is going to be without their star, Colin Gillespie. Keith, I'll start it off with you. Who do you think is going to win the Big East tournament? Yeah, so Justin Moore got hurt as well in their Mm -hmm.
2: game against Providence. That They only scored 52 points in and still only lost by two. I got UConn over Georgetown here. Yeah, I see crazy things happening here. Georgetown, I see beating Villanova in the second round. I mean, they gave them a game earlier in there and beat them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they already beat them, and now you're missing Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore, who Jay Wright said it's a severe ankle sprain, and he said to be praying for him for the conference tournament. Hopefully he can get back, but
0: probably not. He's- also, if I'm Villanova, I'm saving him. Because I need every ounce I can get for the NCAA Agreed. tournament, especially without Gillespie. Agreed. But yeah, I see Georgetown upsetting them, and then I see UConn taking
2: out Creighton in the semifinals. And like I said, James Booknight, my Biggies Player of the Year, taking them all the way. And also, even with Gillespie, Villanova was 7-5 and five on road and neutral courts this season. And now they have their top two point guards hurt. So yeah. that does not bode well for this no. tournament or the NCAA tournament. So for that reason, UConn over Georgetown, I see a lot of madness happening in MSG.
1: So UConn was seven and three on road and neutral this season. And with book, with book night back and their big three of Tyrese Martin, the transfer from Rhode Island and RJ Cole, I think they win this, win this thing. They've been the hottest team in the Big East, And before Colin Gillespie got hurt, I said to you guys that I think UConn has the highest chance of any Big East team to reach the final four.
0: You did say that. And since Gillespie got hurt
1: and Justin Moore is battling that ankle injury, I'm sticking with that. I think UConn rides their hot momentum, pulls a little (laughs) bit of a 2011 UConn run, and wins the Big East tournament.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think if Gillespie and Moore were in the lineup, it would be really hard for me to pick against Villanova. I'm not. I'm going to take UConn. And I also think that James Booknight won't get... Biggies player of the year because of only playing 12 games. Yeah. Whole ride with a little chip on his shoulder, and I think he'll take the Huskies not only to the championship but to win the whole thing. Good mention of RJ Cole though. He doesn't get talked about enough, and he is a feisty point guard
2: that is really the Robin to James Booknight's Knight's Batman. But we're going to move on now to the Mountain West where there's four teams right now, right smack dab on the bubble. Well, three teams smack dab on the bubble because I think we all think that San Diego State is firmly in for sure but harris we'll start off with you because i know you love you some mountain west conference
1: so i'm taking the best team here san diego state's the best team and i'm looking at the bracket right now remind me who is the two who's the three and who's the the
0: two seed is the utah state the three seed is colorado state the four seed is boise state and the five seed is nevada
1: okay So, Nevada's sneaky. Nevada also beat Boise State in the year. Twice. Twice. And it's
0: hard to beat a team. There is a
1: chance that Nevada wins that third time. San Diego State has, I believe, swept Boise State, correct? They lost to Utah State twice. I don't think that happens. Colorado State, to me, is slightly overrated. Outside of that, if they hadn't come back by 30 and beaten San Diego State and just started draining threes out of nowhere, what is their resume? They wouldn't be talked about. So I would take San Diego State to win the Mountain West for sure.
0: Well, I somewhat agree with you because at first when I looked at the bracket, I said, okay, well, San Diego State swept Boise State. Nevada swept Boise State. And Boise State is not the best team. And I know pre-show we were talking, you have Boise State playing Tennessee in your bracket, right?
1: Yes, I do.
0: I'd take Boise State over Tennessee, and I'm also going to take Boise State in the Mountain West oh, Championship. Man. Wow. I, I love what they have on their roster. I think they play a dynamic breed of basketball. I think they're going to hit new heights, and they're going to have to because they got swept by Nevada. They're going to need to win that game first. Then I think they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder against San Diego State. Because, in my opinion, it is really, 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 really hard to beat a team three times. And Nevada's beat them twice, and San Diego State's beat them twice. Yeah. So, I'm going to take Boise State at least to make the championship, if not to win it. But I'm going to take them to win it for now. If they don't win it, I really wouldn't be that surprised. But I figured I'd throw in a little spice. Yeah, I like what you're saying there. I mean, Derek Alston Jr.,
2: mm-hmm. amazing. Maybe the conference player of the year. I think he is. State. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And then also... If you're a team who's on the bubble fighting your way in, you need to play with a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, and San Diego State may be resting their laurels a little yep. bit, saying, okay, we're, we're probably in already. Yep. You know, we're a lock, according to most people. But I think they beat Boise State. Colorado State makes it to the championship game, and we do not see another 34 point comeback. <laughs> San Diego State, the best team in the conference, Brian Dutcher, the best coach in the conference, gets it done and seals up. The tournament victory that he would that he didn't get last year because the season got cut short.
1: So despite Utah State having the Mountain West Player of the Year Nia Mosquita, and as well in my opinion, as well as beating San Diego State in the year, none of you guys have Utah State winning this. No,
0: state. I don't really like Utah State's team as a whole. So my two favorite teams in this conference are San Diego State and Boise State.
1: So there's a lot of bubble action we've got yeah, going agreed. on in the Mountain Very West. A lot. There are. Three teams on the bubble. Three yeah. teams. What do you think happens? Do you think... How many of those teams do you think make the NCAA tournament?
0: So we're talking about... I mean, I don't think San Diego State's on the bubble. So I think they're automatically in. I think yes. they're, I think
1: they're about a seven seed right now. And I then have, I think, think it, it comes down I to Boise
0: one. State, Colorado State, and Utah State. You're saying those three teams? Yes. I think Boise State only gets in if either A, they make a run... For the money, and they have to get to the championship game. I don't think they have to win it, but I think they have to get to the championship game in order for them to be in. And then I think whoever gets to the championship game out of the two three, I'll make it.
1: They can't lose in Nevada. That's no for
0: one hundred percent. They lose in Nevada. I think they're out.
1: Yeah. Right now, Boise State is my last team in.
0: Yeah, I think right
1: now Utah State too. is my first team out.
0: I Boise.
1: No, actually, I had Boise State out.
2: I St. Louis is my last team in, but Boise yeah. State was probably my first team out. And yeah, I think San Diego State's a lock. Yep, I think Colorado State finds a way to get in because I think they get to that conference championship game and just make it their sent to the first four. you think
1: they beat Utah State?
2: I think they do. I think they've been winning games they shouldn't be winning all year. And Utah State, given their talent, Nehemiah Skata, Justin Bean, you and they have a good coach too and Craig Smith, you say, oh, they should be able to get this done. But they just haven't. They've come up short in big games, and this is a big game. And I think they just don't get it done. And we remember they were awful on a neutral court start off the year in the uh, their tournament they were in against West Virginia VCU, and VCU.
1: Lost pretty bad at VCU.
2: Exactly. So, yeah, I think the Colorado State gets in. I think the Mountain West gets two teams in. But we're going to move on now. We're on the West Coast. We are somewhat Pac-12 fans now going to Arizona State University. Vegas, up. baby. Oh yeah, so in Vegas, we have the Pac-12 tournament. Ty,
0: you mentioned it, so we'll start off with you. So I have a pretty basic winner, but I have a couple upsets, uh, including, I think Stanford's gonna make it to Friday in the Final Four. I think they beat Cal, I think they beat Colorado. But then I have them losing to USC. I have USC taking on UCLA in the championship. And I have USC taking it all. I think, again, as Evan Mobley is the best player in the conference, in my opinion, tagged alongside his brother, Isaiah Mobley, I think that duo is going to be enough for USC to punch a ticket into the tournament. I mean, granted, they're already locked, but I think they'll win the Pac-12. I have USC losing to Utah, actually.
2: Wow, okay. It's, uh, USC has really not played well recently. No, they haven't at all. I don't know if you've realized, but they lost at Utah by 10 They got killed by Colorado. Now they bounce back with a demolishing of Stanford and winning at UCLA on that last second shot. Uh But they already lost to Utah pretty definitively. And I think Utah's a team that's getting a lot better as the year goes on. Timmy Allen is a really good player. So I think that Utah takes out USC. And I think Oregon, who is finally fully healthy, Chris Duarte and Eugenio Marugi are playing fantastic. And I think they beat Colorado. And when Dana Altman... I don't know how many Pac-12 championships he has, but it has to be a lot because he is probably the best coach in this conference and has been for a while. So quack, quack, give me the ducks.
1: Oregon has won 10 out of their last 11 games. I will give you that. Oregon has played absolutely phenomenal lately. But, guys, I have a question to ask you. What's more likely, Arizona State wins the Pac-12 tournament or ETN Bonet de Condia comes out alive to ball again?
0: Well, I mean, clearly it's the ASU <laughs> okay.
2: conference team. Given that this guy has been in the grave for 300 years,
0: and yes. Arizona State has some star power to work with, I don't think they're a good team, but they have a solid and amount of talent.
2: And Etienne, whatever his name was, um, is the third most famous ETN at this point, behind Travis and Tyson. <laughs> yeah. And basketball wasn't even invented back then, which now it kind of has me thinking of that 76ers logo that has Ben Franklin dribbling the basketball, which again, he wasn't alive when basketball was invented. Dr. James Naismith. <laughs> Came a hundred years later. uh Yeah, I'm gonna go with ASU, but <laughs> the chances of that happening okay. are very low.
1: I have Oregon winning this thing. As I said before, they've won 10 out of their last 11. Keith, you mentioned Chris Duarte and Eugene Armario earlier in this episode. I think they're both first-team All Pac-12 players. Doesn't I think take. Oregon has the amount of firepower to get it done. Dana Altman. I don't know how many Pac-12 championships he's had either, but I know he's had a lot, and he's probably been the best coach. In the Pac-12 over these last mm, the decade, the decade maybe yeah. Ben Howland in these last twenty years, but that's really it that can challenge. Well, he made a Final Four, so maybe Ben Howland. Anyway, Oregon takes this.
0: So state. did Dana Altman, though you remember. So legend. did Dana Altman.
1: Yeah. That's right, he did make a Final
0: Four. Legend, we love Dana Altman. We love Dana Altman. <laughs> but moving on to the Final Conference <laughs> and my favorite conference. Mine SEC. too. Right, I'm, I'm Keith. I know you're looking at me like that. Mm, Not my it's not, not the best lying. conference. This is something
1: that Tennessee and Kentucky fans can agree on.
0: Yeah, it's definitely the my favorite only conference. Thing, probably. Probably.
1: Water under the bridge, time.
0: But nevertheless, <laughs> this is the last conference tournament we're going to talk about. Harris, I'll kick it off with you. Hopefully, you don't say some things that you regret. Either way, SEC tournament. Who's the champ?
1: Uh... I do not have Tennessee winning if that's what you are wondering. I actually have Tennessee losing to Florida in the quarterfinals I'm because that too. we beat Florida without Trey Mann. Yeah. I'm gonna say Arkansas wins this thing. Okay.
0: That's a good pick. They've
1: been red hot, as I mentioned with the Georgia Tech stat. They're one of two power six teams that have won all six of their last yep. six games. Arkansas continues this momentum. They looked a little rusty against AM, but they're nineteen and two since they put Justin Smith yeah, into their starting lineup. Yeah. Moses Moody, if it weren't for Scottie Pippen Jr. and his phenomenal season, would be my SEC Player of the Year. And I'm going to say Arkansas wins the SEC Tournament.
2: Harris, I love you exhibiting one of the fruits of the spirit here. Self-control, not <laughs> picking the volunteers. Wow. I appreciate it. I wish you would have considered that when picking Scottie Pippen Jr. as your SEC True. Player of the Year, but that's a whole nother story. I have your Razorbacks getting slaughtered in the chop house, made into sausage, By the Crimson Tide. Oh,
1: I thought you were going to say Florida because you said Chuck. Okay, okay. Oh, that would have been a good transition, but too (laughs) bad I don't
2: think that Florida team is all that good. Like I said earlier, Alabama's been the best team in this conference all year. I think there's a very sour taste in Nate Oates and the rest of that veteran-laden team's mouth after they got beat by 15 at Arkansas. I think they come back with a vengeance and get the job done, but... I think Ty is gonna have a very interesting take, so I'll swing it over oh, to him, and we'll see if he cashes the three like Steph Curry. All right, with the money
0: ball, or if he bricks it like he's Ty. Remember
1: the, the fruit of the spirit of self. I know,
0: I know, I know. All right, so <laughs> I see this tournament playing out two ways, and I I genuinely think this. My one way is the way I'm praying it's going to happen. So you're not gonna like this way, but I'm going have to tell you anyway.
1: Oh. Ew, First I of all, like the of this.
0: I, I'm very disheartened because my JMC 201 class is at 10 a.m. on Thursday, and mm-hmm. the Kentucky Wildcats play Mississippi State at 10 a.m. on Thursday. So I'm sorry, Ms. Taylor. I probably won't be paying attention at all in that class, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, Kentucky plays Mississippi State that game. I think Kentucky wins it. I think they win it irregardless in both ways. The game I'm looking at is Kentucky to Alabama. You know my saying, it's hard to beat a team three times. It is. Alabama has beat Kentucky twice. The first time it was a blowout win. The second time it You're went down, me. it came down to the wire. <laughs> so I, I think Kentucky rides a little bit of momentum, beats Alabama. Granted, this is my one scenario. They beat Alabama. <laughs> then they play Florida. I have them playing Florida in the semifinal. I think they beat Florida. I think they win that game. And then they would play either Arkansas or LSU. I'm assuming it's Arkansas. And I don't know if you guys remember, the last time they played I Arkansas, remember. they lost on a buzzer beater. I think Coach Cal is going to go into that yeah, they game. They beat them by 16 the game before. Right. They're going to go into that they game. They did
1: shoot 54% from three in that Arkansas Here comes I don't think that's happening again. But I saying. think if
0: they win three games straight, they're going to ride momentum, win the SEC tournament, get somehow a conference bid. But if it doesn't go that way and Kentucky loses to Alabama – I have Alabama winning the whole thing. I like how Arkansas is riding the momentum. I think it's going to be Alabama versus Arkansas, but I think Alabama might catch a little fire in the championship game, secure a two-seed, and win the conference
1: So game basically games. you're saying the winner of Kentucky-Alabama and the 8-1 wins the whole
0: thing. Bingo. So, Unless somehow Mississippi State beats Kentucky. That's an interesting scenario.
1: Who do you think's going to win that thing?
0: Who, Kentucky-Alabama? Yeah. Don't say State. it. See.
1: Oh gosh, he's going to say it. No, no, no. I, <laughs> think, I,
0: I truly believe that Alabama should win that game. But again, it's really hard to beat a team three times. As we, uh, Kentucky beat Auburn twice. They beat them in the SEC tournament one year, and they beat them by thirty. Then they could meet again in March Madness, and we all know what happened. Yeah. In the Elite Eight, Auburn beat Kentucky, went to the Final Four. So, I think Alabama's going to win that game. But if Kentucky does win that game, it's going to be a lot of hope going into the Florida slash Tennessee game, and then the Arkansas slash LSU game. And you mentioned that Auburn team.
2: This Arkansas team reminds me a lot of them, you uh, know, yeah. hanging around, you know, get, they had some publicity preseason, you know, won a couple a games non-conference, you know, you were preaching didn't do choir, anything special, Keith. and then just racked up the big wins. Yeah. And if they have a run through this SEC tournament, just like that Auburn team did, uh, I'm gonna seriously, look, seriously look at them as a Final Four contender.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've been saying using that Auburn comparison for a while on that That's a good Arkansas one. team. I more so agree than than most on that, but yeah, I, I your Alabama-Kentucky thing, that scared me a little bit. It's tough to beat a team three times. We saw the Saints couldn't do it in the playoffs yeah. against the Bucks. I know that's not college basketball, but it is the truth. You mentioned the Auburn-Kentucky example mm-hmm. as well, but I still say Arkansas wins this thing, regardless of who wins that Bama-Kentucky game. I think Ole Miss beats LSU in the quarterfinals. I think Ole that's Miss— a Beats LSU, loses to Arkansas, but that could vault Vaulted them it. into oh, the tournament.
2: Jinx! Jinx!
1: <laughs> wow, that was that was simultaneous. That was kind of scary. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Beautifully scary. But anyway, <laughs> I would say like scary Terry, <laughs> like scary Terry Rozier or Terry McLaurin. whoever you want. I had him on my fantasy team two years ago. We're Shout out! We're just rambling now. <laughs> we, really? <laughs> yeah, we are just rambling.
2: I'm sure we're all excited to watch these tournaments. I'm sure you viewers, or listeners, I'm sorry, are as well. And the next time we talk to you, we're going to have a bracket available.
1: The official March Madness conversation.
2: Thank you for your announcer voice, Harris. <laughs> um, yeah, do We're, we're going to have a bracket picking episode, for lack of a better term, where we're going to go through and pick an entire we'll bracket. We'll come up
1: with a better term next episode, I oh, promise.
2: For sure. We'll, we'll have something nice. Yes. Uh, in the Spotify feed but that's going to do it for us now I'm Keith, that's Ty that's Harris and we will see you next week on Blaze Radio Boys Radio Online and cue that music